1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Welcome to Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? A TV guide to action television of yesteryear. What do you think about that as a tag there, Aaron? I love it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the A-Team. And you are going to have a lot of explaining to do about this episode. I <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I I have this. It's It's funny. I have a lot of fond memories of watching this show, which essentially revolves around my memory of this revolves around mr t taking a dilapidated vehicle into some rundown bar barn or ramshackle garage welding and cutting a bunch of steel and at the four you know, at, the, at the 45 minute mark at the television hour busting out of that said building right with some <laughs> yeah. monstrosity some assault vehicle that is got maybe's got flamethrowers. It might have bolo <laughs> net launchers. It might have a mortar. It might be in this case full of sixteen Hispanic gentlemen with assault rifles firing out of porthole <laughs> keys. Uh, and that that to me was a team. Um, there's a lot more to a team that I haven't remembered. Uh, or, or maybe they I don't know. Maybe they go and the emphasize the emphasize things. But. Uh, yeah, this is this is an action. This is one of those action comedies, you know, where it kind of kind of numbs your brain. Uh, I what uh, did, what did you make of this? Um, you know, I didn't like this very much, which kind of makes me think. Because so this is uh, why is Mister Phoenix Car season two, where we're gonna explore pilot episodes of uh great action television from yesteryear. I don't think it's too late to pivot our schedule a little bit and maybe massage it. And um, maybe we should watch uh, fewer pilot episodes, but then in the second half of the season, our podcast season, watch the consensus best episodes of the pilots we watched earlier. Interesting. Interesting. Because there's, um, I feel like... (laughs) Every every TV show kind of struggles at its pilot, you know. Yeah, in case there's there was a reca- uh, one of the stars recast, like this oh, really? the, this guy that they were calling Face was a fucking imposter. He, I'm like, who he's the hell? Not the Face? Who the hell is this guy? This isn't the Face that I remember uh, grow, wow. growing up with. So yeah, you, that, they that's get a, a more fair... handsome man. They they did. I guess the big problem. This guy's he's so young. This guy was a sophomore in high school when the Vietnam War concluded, and they were looking for men of a certain age. And this guy just wasn't convincing. So they got a. I mean, he, he's he's yeah, he's a kind of um, a Scott Bakula type. If that makes any sense. Oh, now I gotta I gotta see this. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it, maybe we should also like try and figure out because it's like. I don't know if I would have fallen in love with Knight Rider if I had just watched the pilot. True. You know? 
It's it's so, part of like establishing the tropes and seeing how well the sh- the the show does with its shtick and stuff. That might yeah. Uh, I love I love that we're working out the mechanics of it on the uh, of season two in the first uh, episode. This feels very much like network television in the eighties. Like ah oh, fuck, no right. one's watching it. Uh, can we get who who can we get? Is Emmanuel Lewis? Can we get him in as a kid? Can he can he ride with the A team? Oh shit. Yeah, we're uh, th- that might be a good idea. Like maybe we do five. The first five. Yeah. of the shows that we're going to do and then whatever our favorite one we'll or watch like imdb top rated yeah we'll watch episode. like four or five of the the best episodes of that so like it's like, like a little mini tourney and then yeah. i know because because <laughs> i know we wanted to conclude the season with another night rider episode you know we don't want to stray right. too far from the feeny uh, feeny roots um if we go with that plan then the five contestants the five episodes entering the ring Pilots would be the A team, MacGyver, Airwolf, Airwolf definitely, Greatest American Hero, and Dukes of yeah, Hazard. And Dukes of Hazard. Um, God, after watching how problematic the A team pilot, but you know what? It's good. It's good to let the poison out. It's good to see where we came <laughs> yeah. from. It's good to see, uh, you know, uh, yeah, what shit was pet was was passing in the mid eighties here. In these United States of America, uh, yeah, I was I was cr- pretty cringing just because like it's the plot is just a sketch. Uh, I think it, it all it hangs together, um, but it doesn't really bother explaining itself to the viewer very often or sitting and kind of holding your hand. And it's just like it's just not that interested in it. It's just yeah, you know. And and also, um, it's funny because like you know nowadays when we say like tv shows are getting political it means you know usually it's like engaging in left you know allegedly leftist or progressive propaganda etc you know you're trying to push push communism socialism uh gay rights on everybody <laughs> uh racial yeah, equality communist shows that people are watching yeah uh in the 80s like i just noticed like there's this show is i would say political in the viewpoint that it's trying to press about like you know the united states adventures in south and central america but like no one would ever say that the a-team was a political show you uh, know and- what yeah uh okay <laughs> we'll get to the it's it, wait you mean like it's pro like um yeah yo it's contra like uh, it's like pro U.S. involvement exactly, in like, exactly, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It's very funded like by the CEA, DEA, very much in the, the, uh, the flavor you get from this. <laughs> There's a little bit of like anti-military stuff, but I don't know. Really? Maybe not really. <laughs> Maybe it's just it's just a fucking brass. That's all. That's all. Yeah, all the yeah, hates directed to brass and fuck them anyway, right? Rear echelon motherfuckers, <laughs> all of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know this. Uh, this Colonel Lynch guy's pretty hands on. Yeah, yeah, and I'd say other things like I don't. I wonder if that's a plot that they drop because like my childhood brain does not have it very memories of like Colonel Lynch, like perpetually. F- and even like by the end of this, the second part of the pilot, they had completely lost interest in Colonel Lynch. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Although, what's yeah, Colonel Lynch going to do? Pursue him across international borders and <laughs> yeah. Uh right yeah he can't he can't travel into Mexico I suppose 
so I think we should. Oh, the other thing is there's no A team van in this pilot. Dude, I thought the van. Ah, uh, they didn't establish. Like I cannot believe staple. they didn't establish the van. Like B when B A rolled up in that uh, convertible. Yeah, totally. I'm like, wow, I thought he would have the famous A-Team van, but no, no. The van comes later. The so van, I wonder if it's in the, how much later, like the second episode or? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> in the very next one. Yeah, we just missed it. They told it. us, hey, sucker, they told us that they, we need to sell more toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this uh, old man uh, convertible wagon we got is just not doing it. We need something with a spoiler, a stripe. Some turbine wheels. God that damn that that van was cool. Not very practical, but it was really cool. <laughs> so I thought we could uh, we could go through the plot a little bit, and just for a visual element, I do have some scenes from the show. I mean, running on the stream. So Fucking if you, you want if you want the uh, video uh, element, you'll have to join me on blue underscore j underscore streams on. Twitch. So, this, are, you gonna be, are we uh, going to be doing this every week? Or are we going to be recording uh, this I on reckon. Twitch? All right, cool. And Why I not? think all right, and our, our normal night's going to be Monday nights, or do you want to keep the Wednesday night thing going? Or uh, six to one, half a dozen the other to me. Maybe we should keep it loosey goosey. You're going to have to yeah, t- was... tune into Jay's streams to find out when yeah, the next. Here's and... what you're going to have to do you're going to have to follow me on Twitch, and you're going to have to hit that notifications button to mm. be totally sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. If you want to be totally sure, that's what you got to do. Um, also, uh, before we get started, uh, you know, if you yeah. want to send feedback about any part of the show, we will be considering that as we get it this season. It's Feeny at baldmove.com. Yes. Yes. Send let's get weird with emails. It let's get weird with it this year. <laughs> let's. So uh, the theme song explains a lot of our backstory here. I did not realize that the A-team were vi- uh well i knew they were vigilantes but i didn't know they were fugitives apparently they're on the run from the law military law too not just you know our our uh limp-wristed civilian law <laughs> um cuz apparently after oh wait is this explained in the intro or whatever they 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 got up to some shenanigans in vietnam and they're lying low in California, conveniently nice and close to where <laughs> where the the studio yeah, lot is. In the under <laughs> in the L.A. underground. Same same situation as Knight Rider, were, where were they, they pretty were, quickly. <laughs> yeah, where they can they can job as you know uh, guys in rubber monster suits and right. uh, key grips and and other kind of things. I. This this voiceover is so iconic, though. The whole, you know, the special forces uh, wrongfully accused of a crime they did not commit, a military crime they did not commit. Uh, and I, I, I was like, when I was a kid, I remember like the London, the here in L.A. underground. I actually thought they were there was some kind of vast underground tunnel system in L.A. <laughs> where like there's like an underhive because contemporaneous with this i was also hearing like there is like this whole um satanic panic about D D, uh-huh. and supposedly there's and a, there's, a te- there's a teen of feral yeah. teenager or a, a group of feral teenagers that live in the la yeah. underground and play dungeons and dragons and i i uh-huh. really thought there's like troll people in california you know on the surface was hollywood and it's all glitzy but then at the bottom uh-huh. there's this, these this warren of rat tunnels and stuff uh, apparently this not around the same Around the same time as the movie Chud, 
Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, sure. of course. Sure. I thought the A team were a bunch of chuds, not chads, back in the <laughs> 80s. Uh, so it opens in this kind of sleepy, I would say, dare I say, nice. Quite Idelic. nice. Yeah, little uh, Mexican village that's being uh, terrorized by a, uh, a, what would you call this, like a cartel leader? Yeah, yeah, they're pushing the hard stuff, marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the episode's called Mexican Sleigh Ride, by the way, but sleigh is spelled S-L-A-Y. Yep. Yep. I, it's spoiler alert, body count of zero <laughs> yeah, just, in this episode. Every one of these scenes, you can lay over the Terminator vision of Arnold, like, scanning the parking lot, and yeah, human casualty is 0. 0.0. This is, yeah. this is from some fucking ridiculous G.I. Joe shit that goes on in this episode. Yeah, it's pretty silly. But uh, this guy, whose name, uh, I can't remember what his name is. I have no but, idea. Um, so El he rolls up and he's like, I'm looking for Almaty. And I'm like, Almaty, that must be be Spanish for something like the Mati uh-huh, or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not <laughs> what's going on. His name is Al Mati. Yeah. He's like a yeah, dude. Yeah. A-L, not E-L. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, he's like, uh, where where is the gringo pig? And, um... Essentially, it, it's like the people that are being terrorized in this town. They're like, we're just humble farmers, and I don't know why they're. I don't know. There's this kind of populist thing going on where they're standing up to the drug dealer. Kind of. Just. I would have just given it, given him, and given the guy up. Like, yeah. Why are they going to bat for this guy? That's yeah. not explained. I think so. I, I think the answer is that this Al Massey guy is an investigative reporter that's decided to blow the lid open on the cooperation oh, between the right. gorillas and the drug dealers, and they're undermining the legit, totally legitimate government of this local town and place. Um, <laughs> it's, this is a fictitious town, right? There's not a place in Mexico called Saint White River. White River, yeah, I don't think so. San Rio. Blanco. Blanco. What yeah. <laughs> a bland, bland uh, town type for this. It's, but I guess it's it's just a back lot Hollywood town. You know, you gotta gotta right. go, gotta go real uh, generic it, for it. There's a town here in Washington called Muckleteo, which is completely made up, but it sounds like a Native American word, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they just made it up. What what I know is really funny is after you see the entire string of this pilot. Is that it's my understanding that if the 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 marijuana bandits just ignored this investigative journalist, they would have been fine. Them kidnapping yeah. him is is it press it you know got the A team involved before that the newspapers were ready to cut this guy loose. All the j- legitimate diplomatic contacts going through the Mexican consulate was falling on deaf ears. The the yep. drug lords were going to win. They just they had were. to fucking relax, Let and they would have been cool, but they had to, to steal this fool, and he's got the most committed, hard-bitten, Lois Lane, <laughs> yeah. young, uh, ingenue partner that that's, you've ever seen, because she, she uh, moxies up and gets the A-team involved. Yeah, she's triple A, baby. But yeah, he, and, and this El Mahdi <laughs> guy had all of 
all of the range, all the influence of like a, a section B, page seven article of like, hey, there's guys growing pot in Mexico. <laughs> Mind blown to the American readers. Yeah, um, and they, when they finally track this Al guy down, he's having a. Is he. He he was working with the the what's his name Marco or something. Um, and did oh, he try to cut the guy... it? They had a dispute yeah. over a byline. Yeah, you're right. This is the guy. This is that guy, isn't it? Okay, so I've this is I watched this twice in the last two days. Yeah, and I'm just now piecing together. This is the guy we see later. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a journalist okay. too that works for the local paper and they're trying to, but, but then why does Al try to cut him out of the byline? What? Yeah. He's like, I don't share bylines. Adios amigo. And then gives him this half hearted shove that's coming up in a second. Yeah. And he goes flying out of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah. woo. But yeah, uh, Almaty is kind of an asshole. I <laughs> He Not is a great, like damsel in distress. Yeah, and also like he's. It, it's episode. also like, um, like maybe you think, okay, well, he's an investigative journalist, and he's like, you know, Hunter S. Thompson it down there, uh, blowing the lid off this thing. But then when you get back to the other side and you see his editor, I guess he's just done like disaster piece after disaster piece after disaster piece and not that like he's covering disasters his pieces are a disaster that never come together <laughs> right. and they're never submitted on time and this guy has like all these colorful phrases to describe like he's brought in too many wheels up landings that I'm tired of scraping them off the yeah. tarmac and yeah <laughs> right I that was a confusing one for me too uh, so let's jump ahead a little bit here uh, to the um, to the newspaper. Oh, cause yeah, the important Where thing for the other scene is that Massey gets, uh, kidnapped, you yeah, know, they yeah. run him off the road and they take him, they, they take him prisoner. We get to a car chase real fast, actually like faster than even Knight Rider. I think what's funny is the outside of this car chase is bonkers. And every time they cut to this old man in the seersucker suit and hat, just casually driving like you can tell he's going like three miles an hour and he's not bothered he's not jostling around they cut to the outside and his jeep is just going over all these rough cobblestone roads and hitting thing and they cut into the inside and he's just dun, 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 driving this day so fucking yeah. funny so fucking that's funny. hilarious i did not notice that one <laughs> it's so tr- i love all those like also if we ever watch more a team I want you to count how many times they, they, they have this particular angle. It's the A-team angle where they mount huh. a camera right the behind. The yeah, on the bottom of the car, right <laughs> behind the front wheel. So you see it wheel, turning yeah. and articulating and going. And it just adds so much excitement uh, to an otherwise dull chase. That's classic A-team. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this episode. Yes, yes. Uh, so our female protagonist, whose name I believe is Amy... Mm-hmm. Do we learn that? It's Miss Allen for the end? whole fucking movie oh, until okay. 90 minutes pass by and they make Miss... an alliterative joke. She's talking to the hard-boiled, uh, what do you call that, boss of a newspaper? Editor. Editor. Yeah. And he's talking about how Al Mahdi is such a disgrace, blah, 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 all that stuff we just said. And she's like, he wasn't on vacation. And 
don't don't we have any responsibility to protect our journalists on assignment? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the guy's like basically like no, and she's like, well, he's my friend. <laughs> she tries ever tries to put everything that sticks. Mm-hmm. He, his wife died. He's depressed. Right. He's having right. a midlife crisis. His mm-hmm. testosterone is low. Like it's like <laughs> whatever she can say to get this guy to give a fuck. Nothing I works. I caught him. I caught him reading a Jordan Peterson book. God damn it. <laughs> He's trying to find uh, himself. <laughs> um, so she's advocating for, uh, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, she go, went to the consulate and stuff and all the legitimate diplomatic Calling methods. senators, getting senators involved. Yeah. They're running for cover because apparently, you know, I... What are they trying to say here? Are the they United involved? S- yeah. They're complicit in this marijuana running scheme? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> CIA's oh. flooding the market with high-grade weaponized m- marijuana. So she gets suspended for two weeks on half pay. Right. Um, right. Which is going to give her enough time to go uh, scope out uh, the A-team. So she, she meets up with her dweeby co-worker who gives me wild like call HR vibes um yeah is is this a, and was this is this an old movie trope that every female reporter has essentially a cucked work husband that does all her work for her because her her method of investigation is basically to grab yeah. this guy by the balls and shake him and be like why haven't you worked harder why haven't you looked more into this why haven't you put these pieces together you know like what like does she actually do any reporting or does she just type shit up it's true I mean, maybe the abuse goes both ways a little bit, but he really, like, gets up and invades her personal space and is touching yeah. her a lot and yeah. stuff. And yeah. it's, uh, it's a pretty gross relationship between them. Or maybe it works. I don't know. Maybe they hooked up once and decided they were just going to be friends, but they still like working together. Who know. knows? It's some kind of, like, it's definitely like a pervy Jimmy Olsen thing that she's got. <laughs> I got wild Woody Allen vibes. Oh, yeah. Guy. That's a good, that's a good call. I can see it. Um, but, so she's the one that's like, what about that commando team? And he's like, forget about it. We the, Remember that reporter that got fired last month? He he dug deep. He did. He pulled out all the stops. There's nothing. They're ghosts. It's a myth. Anyway, I have files on each and every single one of them, including <laughs> all their backstories. <laughs> and how you can probably get in contact with them, yeah. Yeah, how to reach out to them. <laughs> Oh, and this is where we get filled in on the A-team, which is smaller than I guess I thought it was going to be. I thought the A-team would have been, like, at least six people. I guess yeah. it's five by the end of the episode. Yeah. But the, the A-team proper is only three guys. It's Face, at Hannibal, and B.A. Baracus. Yeah, it's dirty half dozen minus one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. No, wait, (laughs) never mind. It's a dirty (laughs) half-half dozen at first. Yeah, it's true, it's Uh, true. And so he has all the files on all their backstories, and this is how we learn our characters. Uh, He even knows how B.A. got his his nickname. Stands for Bad Attitude. That was so fucking... So this guy's the breakout star from this, this show. Like, I... Mr. T? All of us white kids in my small... rural indiana town fucking worship mr t 
And like for That's good so reason, weird. because like I forgot that they like he's like a child champion in this show. He kids is. flock yes. to him. He's single handedly keeping do. kids off the street. He's like uh-huh. extremely good. Like they just like adore him. And like, yeah, we're like, look at this fucking badass. <laughs> like he'd be the best uncle ever. He's going to make an assault vehicle and take you all out for ice cream in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. They definitely hype him up as like the children's champion. Oh yeah, it's almost a comical degree. It's it's like I think I think it's like endearing, but still, yeah. So we learned that the A team, and this is a little bit murky. Um, so they were famous during the Vietnam War. As an A-team, I guess. Yeah, like some kind of special operations. They're never... I don't think they're ever quite clear about what this is, like Delta Force or Green Berets or... But there's some sort of special operations group. Well, I think it's just three dudes. <laughs> well, pl- the, and then... Yeah, I, I, they probably had other guys. I, maybe they died. Uh, but, you know, they got the <laughs> pilot, too, who's in a mental institution. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So it's it's the three dudes... Uh, they were dropped off by the pilot. So the pilot's like a tangential member. An accessory. He, An accessory like a, to he, the crime they did not commit, if you will. He's on the double A team or the A minus team. <laughs> the, B, the B team. <laughs> the B team, yeah. Um, but he's a de facto A team member. He was actually my favorite, my most hated character at first, but it turns out to be my favorite character. Gotcha. Um. But so uh, four days after the Vietnam War ended, they robbed the Bank of Hanoi. Essentially, yep. And absconded with a million yen. A hundred million. Oh, a hundred million yen. A hundred million. Which, heroic? (laughs) I don't know. Are we supposed to be happy? Like, oh, they got one over, even though we lost the war. Our guys (laughs) got one less good. Well, the thing is, it's like victory. the thing is the plot. The plot twist is that they so they maintain their colonel, who I guess right. their colonel reports to a colonel. Weird. Their colonel gave them <laughs> right. authorization for this mission, but that colonel <laughs> died in the final days of the Vietnam War, and his headquarters burned to the ground. So there's no well, proof that, ha- that they had authorization to run this mission. It looks like it's a right. three three kings situation. Yeah, they're like it took the headquarters took a shelling and any sort of paperwork burnt up. But isn't it, Hannibal is also a colonel? Yeah, Colonel Hannibal report so there, to Colonel Morrison. There's three. There's three colonels involved in this. <laughs> hey, you're right. Oh my god, the guy chasing him is a colonel. <laughs> yes. There's too many colonels, uh, not enough lieutenants. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, seriously, this is this is the end of a, a colonel bowl of is popcorn. leading a squad of two men with their transport <laughs> pilot. That is some that is some shit right there. They they took some heavy heavy casualties in That's the final days. There was a br- there used to be a brigade. The A team was a brigade. <laughs> And yeah. this is all that's left. <laughs> that's Colonel Morrison, not a, he's no brilliant tactician. Their bond is so... T- well, no, they're not, especially considering... Oh, and I know what happened. Of- they all donned Asian makeup to infiltrate the, the Viet Cong, <laughs> and it went about as well as you'd expect after watching this episode. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
Yeah, and when their cover was blown, they just shot at the tires and headlights of the v- <laughs> the Vietcong vehicles who returned lethal fire. Yeah, on yeah exactly, exactly. It was a bloodbath. Oh man, ninety ninety eight point seven percent casualty rate. Oh my god. <laughs> B.A. Barakas survived because he was still stateside because he refused to fly. So That's they never true. even got him into That's Vietnam. That's true. That's true. That sa- that saved him. Oh my god! Uh, uh, yeah, if you guys don't like, I this is a lot. We're making a lot of inside jokes. It'll all it'll all become clear in the fullness of the podcast. Yes, uh, we do not expect you to actually watch this show. Let me ask you this: Do you think the A team is innocent? Because I think it's hella suspect that days before their trial, you know, they're all just chilling at Fort Leavenworth or whatever. Right before they go on trial, they bust out. That doesn't seem like guys that thought that they could stand on their own innocence. Uh, well, they they understood how corrupt the system is, Aaron. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, no, I think they were guilty of war crimes. I think like, I think the the Bank of Hanoi thing is low on the the list of crimes. Yeah, that they was just profite- That wasn't even a war crime. That was just profiteering. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is probably a war crime. I don't know. Um, I want because like I want to talk about this show being an equal opportunity f- offender because there's a lot of offensive shit in here. I love how when they're go- flopping flipping through the dossier, you know, they get they got a file footage of everything, and they flip over face who's supposed to be this good looking guy, and the, the uh, Miss Allen just oh, just about wolf whistles. She's like, yeah. oh. Templeton Peck, this is more like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, good lord, settle down. It's a black and yeah, white photo of the default setting for a white guy. <laughs> like, let me, totally. I, this guy is not super handsome and charismatic. I think the guy that they get to replace him. Uh, I gotta, I gotta see who that is. Uh, yeah, it, this guy, face is basically when you play Mass Effect and don't move any of the sliders during character creation. Just default white guy. But she she flips over Hannibal and she's like, mm, "Not bad, Daddy." Yeah. Like she doesn't say that. But and then uh, and then it. It's but not B. A. Baracus for some reason. And he's like, and she's like, "Oh, geez, what a tough customer." And then flips uh-huh. the face and she's like, "Ooh, now that's more like it." It's like, "Damn, dude." Yeah. You're being cold. Uh, Dirk Benedict is the face that I'm familiar with, and I like I said, I think he's. Uh, I, I can't remember if we said it on the, the podcast or not, but he's like a Scott Bakula type. Kind of, you know, all-American, Matt Matt Damon type of good looks. Sandy blonde Uh, hair. Oh, what? That's Templeton Peck? Yeah. He's a lieutenant, apparently. Well, there you go. Finally, you got a a junior officer. They got this Tim Dunnigan guy who plays face in this. And I got to say... I don't think he's that good looking. He is extremely young and he's got what I would describe as uh, Andre the Giant hair. <laughs> All right. So um, Dirk Benedict, huge to- upgrade in the face department. Okay. Well, good to know. I'll look forward to face too. face off. Uh, oh, I guess during casting, they had a literal face off. Uh, so... They did. <laughs> we'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? 
the A-Team does something that I absolutely hate in TV and movies. Is when they make it about Hollywood. So now Hannibal was Vietnam veteran war criminal is doing work in like the creature of the black lagoon essentially mm-hmm. inside the rubber suit. But I just I hate movies about movies. I hate when Hollywood starts jerking itself off about like how like how interesting and quirky is. I don't know. We get we get that. It's twice such a budget. This, this is such a budget saver, though, to throw it, this in that they're into true. L.A. underground, Jabina's weird below the line effects and stuntmen. Like it, this must pay off dividends. But it's only Hannibal, right? Or his face? I bet they all uh, get involved, right? Well, B.A. B. Baracus is too busy, like, true. fixing Running his his at-risk youth mechanics program. And Faith seems to spend all of his time, like, visiting his uh, adopted, dead, dying Irish grandfather or whatever. It's, his, it's like the priest, right, that took him in off the streets? No, he's, he's, uh, he's just an orphanage guy. Oh, I, th- oh, I, thought was, of, I thought I thought it was I thought I thought it was a for some reason I got the idea that it was a it was a church. It was like a church orphanage. It could be, who knows. He's Irish, so he must be some sort of Catholic, right? <laughs> it's it's required by law, right? <laughs> so, uh we're just kind of catching up with uh where are they now? Uh uh Hannibal is doing this stupid uh movie, The Aquamaniac. Um, at this point, Face catches up and is like, "Oh, uh, Lynch is on our tail. We got, we got to get going." Uh, so they skedaddle from the TV show set, uh, in pursuit by uh, Colonel Lynch, another Colonel. I can't remember. Is BA with them at this point? Mm, yeah, yeah, he's he the dri- he's driving the the convertible. Okay. How did it? Hmm. When did they all get together? Because they split up again after this, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless, I, unless I'm mixing it up. But. They just ran, ran, randomly assemble, okay? Start directing the Avengers. So, we get another car chase, and it's uh, we get cop cars, well, military police cars flying into lakes. It's all very Knight Rider-y. Yeah, and, and they will, they, you will see a lot of, uh, you'll see a lot of car chases in this series over a Hollywood backlot. But this is explicitly a Hollywood backlot that they are doing the car chase through. So they don't even have to hide it. It's just, you know, going down Florentine streets, then through some kind of Red Sea simulator, through, you know, small town America. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, this is a weird set piece, is the Red Sea simulator. They have kind of a Mexican standoff in a non, not even in Mexico yet. Mexican sleigh ride off. (laughs) <laughs> where they're on opposite sides of a canal that can be flooded for the for the Moses movie. What was that called? Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Never seen yeah. it. It's like some kind uh, of backlot studio tour where they drive this like, tour bus through, and it's like ooh and ah, all the people from the Midwest that have come out and seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, and Hannibal in his monster suit still, um, like baits the colonel into driving through it and then floods it and then they're they're good at that point 
and they they, unnecessary they also established that ba is a big risk or no i'm sorry not ba uh hannibal is a big risk taker and (laughs) he lives for this phenomenon known as the jazz which is essentially the the thrill of of beating the odds and they established this as he taunts the colonel to go into an obvious trap and I guess to make it sporting, <laughs> he takes giant steps away in his two, rubber suit. And the like colonel two steps away. And the colonel's like, he's nine foot away in a latex foam <laughs> suit. It's laden with water. There's no way. No way you can make it that switch before we drive. Let's go, Johnson. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is Dude, this is this is classic colonel behavior. In the military, colonels are always yeah. Trying to outwit and outplay each other. It's a colonel off. It's true. True. It's a lot of physical prop comedy. Uh, I also uh, love the way this ravine, like when he flips the lever, they show it uh, filling up. And obviously this thing's going to take like, uh, it's like the fucking uh, Panama Canal. Like hours. Yeah. It's got locks and shit. It's going to take hours mm-hmm. to fill. And it just smash cuts to the colonel. They do, So the colonel's driving. It's dry. He's driving and the wheels are getting wet and it's throwing up like these rooster tails. And then the next scene, it's just a hard cut to the car is just engulfed. The, the, the water is flush with the surface of the Red Sea again. And they're just they're just sunk. It's they also <laughs> they also run it in reverse, like spill oh. over. Uh, it's, anyway, That's it's weird. I thought there, there I thought there's some weird ass editing at points. I wonder why they did that, because it's filling it up terrible to me. Yeah. Um, so, okay, now, uh, they put in a phone call to their pilot, whose name is Murdoch? Yes. And he, so I thought at first he was faking being insane to be in a mental institution. It doesn't necessarily seem to be the case, but there is, like, a is he or isn't he actually crazy sort of an element. Let's say if he is crazy... What? How? How do you feel about Murdoch's uh, portrayal as a mentally ill person? Uh, how, uh, how do you I feel about that it. representation? <laughs> I, I did hate it. Um, I also felt like when they were casting this, were they like, "We got this young up and comer. We're gonna get him in our show. He's almost locked in. Um, he, he's really gonna take it to the next level." His name is Robin Williams, so we've written the the role mm. around what he has to offer. Because he he does a lot of like uh, he'll he'll start a sentence and then he'll change into a crazy accent and then he'll sing Jean Tialoetta and um, I just feel like this role was written for Robin Williams and they thought they had him and then he dropped out at the last second because he's like oh actually I have an HBO special to film and then I fuck <laughs> interesting and, uh, so they went with this guy who was like the stand-in or something. Yeah, it's interesting because this guy is played by Dwight Schultz, who um, Bald Move fans might remember is Lieutenant Barkley from Star Trek The Next Generation, the the pervy holodeck guy. Um, I don't know. I don't because I, I did a little uh, high speed reading while you were asking that question. I don't I didn't see anything that says that they were considering Robin Williams. You know, he's just I, fresh off Mork and Mindy in this era. Just, to, you know, it's a couple of years in his rearview mirror. So he would probably be gettable and i could see this like kind of like manic energy that he'd bring to the role would but right. I, I, the thing is is like this guy feels like the per the man pretending to be dressing up as a woman in mash deliberately to get out of army duty 
but like i think you're supposed to like that's the affect he's playing like a like a fun mentally ill person who just does zany things uh he's also mentally ill when he's completely safe yes 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 unless he unless he i don't know unless he's also trying to trick the the rest of the a team for whatever reason Right, and well, at it, that point, if you can trust no one at all, even like your closest confidants, then you are insane a little bit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, I guess it does seem like the mental illness is highly variable from situation to situation, and mostly confined and it's not to represented very well. <laughs> mo- mostly confined to doing Bobcat Goldwaith type voices and singing mm, random songs. You're that's right. that's what it means to be, you know, bipolar. Uh, manic depressive <laughs> schizophrenic that's 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 a that's that's a portrayal maybe they um maybe they just gave him like a vhs of yeah bobcat Goldthwait and um robin williams and we're like do these guys <laughs> do a version of these guys yeah and he's doing a lot of dodgy accent work he does like he rolls through like five accents in 60 seconds here in the scene <laughs> He does, and doesn't even come close to the most offensive one. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Despite all of these accents he does. And he does a lot of, like, uh, Mexican accent work in this episode, too. He is wearing a t-shirt that just says Napoleon, though. It's like a blue t-shirt that says Napoleon in cursive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want that. I want a t-shirt that just says Napoleon. <laughs> so later inspire Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, no, that's not true. dude, if they that did just, a reboot, that, that, that guy up. would be good for it. It's true, true. Um, so at this point, uh, okay. So Miss Allen knows about this pilot guy, Murdoch. So she's going to go to him to try and find the A-team. And, um... After Murdoch convinces uh, Colonel Lynch, the bad guy Colonel, that uh, he is actually insane, because Lynch buys it. He's like, "Oh, this, he used he was he flew everything from jets to choppers. He was he was the best combat pilot in all of Vietnam. It's such a shame to see it. He cracked, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bye. Is <laughs> basically mm-hmm. his interaction." <laughs> And uh, and then after that, Miss Allen shows up. Because because um, that's what Murdoch says at the end. He gets he like drops right. a mental ill routine and says, "Hey, go to this alley at two o'clock in the morning and right. see what happens." So he gives her the information to go to. I don't know if you notice this. It's an alley behind the Cool Cat Cafe. No, or, or Cool Cool Cat Club. Yeah. Um, which are all three words that should be spelled with C's. No. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> but they made the artistic choice to spell them all with K's. I, the Cool Cat Club. Yikes. Oh, co- cozy Cat Club here, <laughs> right there. Oh my cozy cat god. Club. No, it's the KKK. <laughs> okay. It is. All right. <laughs> Intentional. Probably not, maybe, but just why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> no one's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is where Miss Allen has to go through a series of bizarre morality tests in order to hire this mercenary commando squad that committed war crimes <laughs> of, of, in of, Vietnam. Of, hire of, of gun thugs. Well, I think they right. self-described gun thugs, yes. Right. 
And but they so got the hearts first of gold. The, right. The first one is Hannibal dresses up in a rather convincing, I would say, homeless guy, old homeless guy costume. And he drops his whiskey bottle <laughs> and is like, oh, it was almost full. And then she's like, wait, mister, here, take this, buy yourself some food. It gives him a 20, which back when this was made was probably like 120 bucks. I'd buy, I'd buy four bottles of booze. <laughs> right. Back then, a 20 had a lot more spending power, and booze was a lot cheaper. Yeah, she, she gives uh, him money and then treats him like a human being. You know, shows some concern for him. Uh, now, I right. gotta say, like, this this whole scene feels like it's out of a much better pilot. Like, they actually <laughs> sweated the atmosphere. The rain effects That's look true. good. You're right. Hannibal yeah. looks, like you said, convincing. Like, yeah. it's it's like a notch better than almost everything else that's in, in this fucking show. This was the first thing that they filmed, and then they looked at their budget and their time left, and we're like, all right, chop, chop, folks. We got we a spent pilot to how, We spent how much on five minutes of fit? What does water cost in the valley? Okay, we can't do this. We, You guys did the Red Sea and the fucking Rain Sea. No, 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 no. We got a water restriction going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, all right, so you didn't do anything crazy with the spelling of the Cozy Cat Club, did now if you know mr t sees these dailies he's fucking out of here he's already on red alert after his mud sucker business and now you got the cozy cat club yeah you can't alienate a talent like that listen we did get robin williams so Mr. T is the star. You get it. Right. Right. We're going to have to recast Face. We already know he's not working because you're killing us here. No one tell Face yet, but he's gone after this. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, 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 so she passes morality test number one, and then they don't show up at the scheduled time to meet them, so she sleeps in the car. And this is where things get really bad. So I'm going to just kind of describe things as they happen, right? So she's sleeping in her car overnight mm -hmm. uh, in a different disguise. The next morning, uh, uh, Hannibal again shows up as like a stereotypical old Chinese man, right? Complete with the voice and everything and knocks on the window and is like, you can, you know, park here. And uh, I'm only doing this voice to get across this is, exactly. This is, this is an accurate representation of what this guy. Yeah, I don't think we have to do it anymore. But and the thing is, I want to say that, like, you say he's a stereotypical elderly Asian man, Chinese man. But he just looks like a frumpy white guy wearing he bad, bear, wearing bad makeup with like socks stuffed in his suit. I this is such a bizarre the fact that this lady had no idea like you could be like dude dude why are you doing why are you doing this bizarre accent why yeah. are you wearing this weird clothes I I don't I and he's all hunched over too this is why his unit was not able to successfully infiltrate the Viet Cong they right, have no yeah. they have no ear for accent nor any face for any kind of Asian feature uh any kind of yeah I, it's wild uh, and, yeah, so she rolls down the window and she's like, don't yell at people. And he goes, you don't like yellow people? 
in the accent and everything. It's just really bad. Is what is I'm this saying. some Stop kind of Asian racial hate. judo where it's like we are doing something that maybe we don't even know contemporaneously is horribly offensive, but we're going to throw like how dare you say yellow people at the person to make sure that they know that we wouldn't approve of like racism. And again, this is. This is the morality test that the A-team is putting her through. Uh-huh. The only possible lesson from this is that she's not racist against Asian people. <laughs> like, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know, or that she's tenacious enough. But uh, So she follows him in into uh, the store where he serves her tea and gives, <laughs> gives her an aspirin. And, um... And this is where he's like, oh, there were lots of Chinese people in Vietnam. We all knew about the A-team. <laughs> all right. And um, <clears throat> and he's basically like, if you want to meet the A-team, uh, you have to have $150,000. And uh, she's like, well, I have a house and I have stocks and bonds. I'll get the money. How do they, how does she end up meeting them after this interaction? Uh, he's about like that airport or something, right? Yeah, he tells me that. And he's like, I, I think he says somebody, I'll contact you later, which is a a, okay. a a noted difference. And then we go to face visiting his priest friend or his elderly uh, yeah. elderly orphan mentor. Yeah, and, so face sneaks in as a priest. Yeah. And this scene serves only to dim to info dump face's heart of gold nature. That right. he had a hard life, that he was an orphan, that he was on the mean streets since he was taken in by these kindly old men at the age of five, and that deep down he, even though he's a con artist and he scams and he takes advantage of women, deep down he's a good boy. That's it. That's it. That's the, that's that's what this whole scene is about. Does he take advantage of women? Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that that jet light lady is going to keep her job. Like I, I just like he superficially charms and flatters them and kind of like you know gets one over on him because he right. is good looking. That's the, his whole shtick. Uh yeah and yeah that was kind of a waste of time at, at this point. So now Hannibal calls in. <laughs> <laughs> this is apparently how they uh. This is actually there. kind of cool. It's just I can't believe they couldn't find a cooler way to do it. But again, this is an action comedy. They're not necessarily going for the rule of cool all the time. They're trying to make you laugh. That's true. So they're all listening to this call-in radio advice show at the same time. And they're so Hannibal gets on the show with his code name. And they have like a little folder where it's like, if he uses this name, it means we're going to this location. But and this is why I was confused. Yeah, all dude. just hanging out a minute ago. Like you can get in touch with each other anytime you want. You know where you work. You know where you live. Why this complex secret code? You were just in a car together. Like how many how many situations does he have? It's like. You know, he uses this was the Carl from Covina, which means a light jet with a 2000 mile range in the Mexican region speaking Spanish with no shots required. No shots because he's an anti-vaxxer. Like, does he have one for every no shots? (laughs) (laughs) That's just a stipulation. I'm not comfortable with them. You're not putting that shit in me. 
Uh, does he have like a, is there a slow boat to China one is there like a helicopter right? to Australia yeah. one is there a ski do to Cuba one like yeah. how many of these I, I wonder if this is a recurring thing because I don't remember this part of the A team because it just seems so cumbersome oh yeah speaking of recurring things I'm just going to bring this up now so I don't forget do they have to drug uh, yes, this is one hundred percent a recurring oh thing. My, I cannot and, believe and, and that all, was getting old by the end of the pilot. And all the kayfabe they go into convincing him that they're not, and like oh you know, he starts God. getting wise to the shot. So they he loves milk and cookies. So they start drugging his milk and cookies. And oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a big it's a big trope. <laughs> okay, we'll have that to look forward to. Um. <laughs> B.A. was hanging out with a bunch of kids. That's pretty much his thing. Listen to the radio. He's like, all right, suckers, I got to go. Man's mm. got to make a living. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they meet up with Miss Allen and um, give her five seconds to pack her bags and get in the car with them. And she does. Because she's a hard-boiled detective journalist. Yeah. And the whole time, Colonel Lynch is hot on their heels. You see him wheeling by to bother BA's kids. You know, he just fixed all their skateboards, and they're not gonna—they're not gonna say nothing to this guy. And this is pretty much the end of part one, right? I don't think so. We've got because they, no, the, they set up—they set up the whole picking up the plane. Oh, uh, and then they have the whole airport. Unless I guess okay. you covered all that. Um, no, no. This is just apparently where I stopped taking notes on part one. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want? Would you like to hand off? Yes. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. Uh, ah, nice. So, so they pull up. Uh, Face pulls up with Alan in this ridiculous car. It's like a stereotypical. A Texas oil man dandy. It's got chromed cow horns and all kinds of shit. And he goes and 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 smooth talk this lady into essentially loaning him a Gulf Stream jet, which is pretty uh, insane, dude. Because his his jet was recently returned by his father because it wasn't fancy enough. I forget exactly the reason. And uh, because her, his his cowboy hat hit the top of the cabin. It, it's when too he big. Stood it's upright. too it's too small. Yeah, he needs he needs he needs a a bigger jet. So. They're gonna they're gonna let him just borrow this for a trip to Houston. Wink, wink, because uh, his credit is that good. Uh, it must have been really easy to fake identities and credit back in the eighties. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so yeah, they're just they're just stealing this, and uh, this lady's probably gonna lose her job. And then they go to the airport, and you know um, Hannibal's behind BA in the convertible, and he gets this Novocaine out, and I'm like. Because I knew what the shtick was. I'm like, you're going to inject him with Novocaine? That's not going to work. But no, what he does right. is he numbs his neck with the yeah. Novocaine so he can... Because I thought it was wild that this guy didn't feel a plunger full of Novocaine going right in his shoulder blade. But, I thought it was I thought it was just to demonstrate how badass B.A. Barakas no, is. They, that he doesn't even feel the shot. They're numbing him up. And that the shot of B.A. putting the car in park and, and slowly turning to Hannibal to confront him is... Is it's a classic reaction gif? It's I think in the credit sequence, it's it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, he explains because she's like, "What the fuck is going on? You guys are all lunatics." And he's essentially, "Yeah, that's right. BA's afraid to fly. We drug him every time. You know, he'll kill us if we don't." Uh, and that's 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 it. Um, 
And he's like, oh, you know, B.A., it's like, I feel like you're going to have one of your anxiety, your famous anxiety blackouts. Yeah, anxiety which blackouts. Will, yeah, which will come up in the, the beginning they of part two. They are drugging this man. Yeah. They are gaslighting him. This, yes. this is extremely abusive behavior. It is for his own good so they can exploit his labor Ex- in their exploit scheme. Exploit him as muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also their their like the chief mechanic. engineer. You know, he's like a combination yeah, uh, chief O'Brien and Worf. Okay, listen, you. I don't know your Star Trek references, Aaron. Oh no! Well, that's. I 90s. thought you knew that about me. I never watched Star Trek. I know. I, I guess I. That's one thing I keep for you know because you just yeah you <laughs> kind of assume when you meet a certain type of nerd that like they have exactly the same nerd pedigree. And <laughs> it's very disturbing when they don't. But uh, I, I love, uh, you know, here comes Colonel Lynch. And, of course, he's just too late. Hannibal takes off and, you know, yeah. outsmarts him again, gets that gets his hit of the jazz. They take off to some truly generic 80s rock. <laughs> like, this is Van Halen that's had the copyright numbers filed right. off of it. A sound alike. And I, like, I actually used uh, Shazam. And Shazam could not, with 30 seconds of searching, find this. This wow. is just, like I said, this it is... It doesn't exist anymore. It, it doesn't exist. It's it's this in it's, it's hiding in the L.A. underground with the A-team. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, you find out that Murdoch, he has no idea how to file a flight plan and, or how to get to this part of Mexico. So what they do is they look up another... Uh, yeah, a, a commercial plane flight and they shadow it so that it won't yeah. show up on radar and that he can just follow them to where they're going. Uh, and, and but he's also like, um, well, we want to. They're like, we have a couple of different options, and he's like, well, we want to follow this airliner because they don't mind hitchhikers. Like, what do you mean they don't mind? <laughs> like, right, they're not gonna call it the into the FAA. Thing, like, or like air traffic control. There's someone directly behind us, like uh-huh. coming down with us. Uh-huh. I don't know who they are. Right, and also they I, have to land at the airport eventually. Like you can't just shadow someone on. You can't just shadow someone down onto the runway. I don't think you'd be you'd be arrested. Yeah, there uh, might be a plot hole in this. Yeah. (laughs) Show. Kind of like the call-in radio advice show code. It's like you know a lot of lot of lot of struggle for not not much. So they're up they're up in the air. They made away from Colonel Lynch, but they find out that uh, old Miss Allen's taking advantage of him. She's only got twenty five thousand dollars. She was not able to get him hands around the full 150 so Hannibal's gonna have to improvise when it comes to funding and right. she says you know he starts giving her grief about that and she starts saying well you guys are a whole bunch of maniacs and he's like well if you wanted a civilized crew you shouldn't have hired a bunch of ex fucking military roughnecks and then she tried to shine him on about what Mr. Lee did and didn't say and he reveals that he actually was Miss, Mr. Lee which means Miss uh-huh. Allen is the dumbest motherfucker alive like, yeah, she finally puts it together. She truly is a Lois Lane archetype because you put a piece, a pair of glasses on Superman, <laughs> and she suddenly thinks he's Clark Kent. Though, there, I guess, I guess, well, well expressed uh, Lois Lane trope. Uh, and then, yeah, man, some of the dialogue here, dude. Where she's at the end, where she he reveals that he's Mrs. Mr. Lee. She goes, "Well, I'll be damned." And he goes, "Nope, you'll be a princess and a world of dragons." What the fuck is that? Who got paid to write that shit? That's what the homeless guy said when he was pretending to be homeless. He said, you're a princess in a world of dragons. Oh, but it was a bad line when he said it. 
Like yes, it was when it came from the drunk. Uh, so that, so guy, that, it fit. <laughs> and and you know what? Now she's double mind fucked because not only is yeah. Mister Lee, he was also the homeless guy. Also All the right. homeless guy. All right, and then that he, squares he it. He pulls off his Hannibal mask, and it's Mister T. She looks over <laughs> to Mister T, and it's just a bag of flour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an actual elderly Asian man that runs a cleaning <laughs> business. <laughs> Yeah, it's Confucius himself. <laughs> yeah, the the quote was, uh, "Women and those of low birth are hard to manage." Something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do part two tonight, right? Oh yeah, rolling on to part All right. two. All right, we jump into part two as we're played into the scene of the idyllic setting of this of uh, this beautiful Mexican town uh, with some good old unlicensed what? Jimmy Buffett. We had some unlicensed Van Halen in part one. Now we got some unlicensed. This is clearly oh, Margaritaville with with 10% of its notes changed, so they can't be sued. Oh, yeah. 100% this is Margaritaville. Real sloppy in Daiquiri uh, Town. <laughs> we'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? Um, so B.A.'s waking up and they're all in a convertible and they're like, wow, B.A., you had one of your anxiety blackouts and you were asleep for 23 hours. We've been driving the whole night yeah. and we just now got to the place. How long can and this lie last? Like, I, I, I actually thought the second it was pretty funny. Like, the, just like Mr. T's kind of playing this. Like, are you, are you guys? I don't feel like I've been asleep for that yeah. long. And like, damn, I must have. I thought that stuff was pretty funny. He's like, it's already Friday. Like, it's already Friday. Yeah, <laughs> but like, he can't yeah. fact check it. There's no smartphones or anything. So it's like, I guess my right. watch says Friday. So okay. Right. Why would my friends lie to me? Why would they tell such a complex lie? Why would they disrespect me this that way? This is the gaslighting, um, dude. It's not okay. Yeah, it's okay in yeah, the context of this fake show, but right, <laughs> barely even that. Um. So they never really explained this, but they're going to run a series of complex scams that's going to lead to the recovery of Massey, hopefully. No, Face, they explain uh, it because they don't have the money. They have to do the old Hollywood producer scam where they're going to go to this local okay. government and be like, we want to make a, a, a $16 yeah, yeah, yeah. million yeah. Dollar movie here, but we need some stuff from right. you first, like an artillery right. cannon. Gotta you gotta make a little money. You gotta spend a little money to make a little money. And but the thing is, is like I make it seems seem like this is this just what they do. So like I don't know whether they're always chronically underfunded because like it, it this is not the exception. It feels like this is just kind of like their standard plan. So they they did mention um, they haven't done this specific scam since uh, uh for the last time was six months six ago. Months. So. How often do they run extra country military operations? I don't know. I, I just thought that like, and and in my my memories of the A team, they're always doing shit like this, right, you yeah. know, to justify the fact that they have a face band. Well, the rich guys like, you know, don't pass the morality test. It's true. That's true. They want they're you like, to have bent homeless person, perfect morals, and at least yeah. a little bit of cash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help if, if you're if you're a hot young reporter that, oh, yeah, that, that, helps. that helps too. Oh, by the way, dude, I got such a crush on this actress. She is cute. She is a real cute. She's no Bonnie. She, oh, 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 my heart! I <laughs> the, the my heart flutters at the name Bonnie. 
I know, because that's the other thing is like I I must not have thought much of her because I don't remember her, and I was like really into this show for the first couple of seasons, and I guess she's in the first season and a half, and then they recast her Aww. for the second half of the second season, and they do other things, but like I don't remember them having. I remember them doing like being around women the same way uh, Michael Knight was around women. <laughs> right. But like I thought it was like a, a different girl of the week or something. Oh, the way yeah. you know you always got Bonnie, but it's always a different guy a girl he's going out for cheeseburgers with you know uh but apparently yeah that she's in like the first i don't know probably 35 episodes of this show and i have no memory Man, of her. night rider is so good uh, i miss night rider already <laughs> so many we might just be, yeah dude. why do we why do we ever go away from night rider good question uh, season three we're back to night rider so season three we're, we're running screaming home the mama uh so yeah, you mentioned Face. Face pretends to be a, a Hollywood executive producer that this uh, hotel ch- chief is not prepared for, and he scams uh, a villa suite. A scam. He, he scams their uh, a film commissioner for a whole bunch of equipment and stuff they're going to need. A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Hannibal and Miss Allen go check on their leads for Massey, and they've got this Manny Cortez that known is known to hang around in this tough local bar. That doesn't want any Americans in it. Oh, and this is and the guy. This is get, the guy from the Jeep. This is the guy that gets pushed out of the Jeep. This is the guy from yeah. This is but the guy we that don't who, know who they're that looking yet, for. I guess we don't know Sorry, that. They're, I they're 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 hanging out these resistance guys, and they they the guy says, "Hey, we're looking for Ma-. Hannibal." Says, "Look for Manny Cortez," and everyone shuts the door and barricades yeah, it. Yeah, they literally barricade it, and they're like, "We don't, we don't like uh, rich American tourists in this bar." And he's like, great, because yeah. I'm not one. <laughs> and he says, you you want to play tough? And he calls for B.A. And Mr. T, Kool-Aid man style, wrecks through this door that's it's got like a, like, what do you think? That's a, like a, a two, two by, by six. six? Yeah. Yeah. He just storms right through that. And then they say they call for Quintana, which I think is quarter ton or something. <laughs> And this dude, like I've seen this, I actually saw this guy in a, a Mystery Science Theater movie, Puma Man. Oh, and he's legit like a a, a a Andre the Giant style freak of nature. He's like six foot eight. Oh damn! And he's well muscled, and he exchanges these haymakers with yeah. BA. Uh, and uh, Hannibal puts on his black gloves and starts swinging and punching people. He they does just a, have this big three-minute-long Donnybrook. He has some he does. He does. for he, an old guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of kickboxing he's doing. And uh, they 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 have, like, like I said, two, three-minute Donnybrook. They get overcome because it turns out you can't fight a bar full of 30 Mexicans, especially when one of them seven foot tall. Wow. And wow. they're take they're taken into custody. There is some rough editing in this fight. I think it's right around here. Mr. Yeah. Mr. T takes a punch that takes about 30 frames off his character's <laughs> reel. Like it skips us 1.2 seconds in the fight. It's 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 really funny. I love um, I do love this style of fighting where it's like, yeah, we're just going to stand across from each other and punch each other in the face until someone can't take yeah. it anymore. Until some, it's like it's like a drinking competition only with punches. <laughs> and I also like Miss Allen. She's just like it's like a sock. She's just, she's watching like a tennis match. It's just yeah. her her head's going back and forth over the bar. Um, so they're taking into Cortez, and Manny Cortez demands to know why they're looking for him. And they say they're looking for this Massey guy. 
And he goes, well, I'm Manny Cortez. And then Hannibal says, ah, I love when a plan comes together. And he does his cigar yeah. twizzle. And B.A.'s face when he grandstands, like he, it's because he's just sick of this guy's shit. And good for them. There's a chance that uh, their friend's still alive. So they go back to their hotel and the uh, face says he's working on writing the scenes. He's going to submit to the film coordinator. That's going to have all the things they need. And Hannibal comes. What's the shopping list that he comes up with? Crop duster, a 10 wheeler vehicle, armor plating, poison. <laughs> and like a crop duster. And a howitzer. <laughs> Because they're going to, like, Manny's giving him all this intelligence about their, this is actually a marijuana operation, and these oh, here, tough guys have San enslaved Rio this local. They've <laughs> enslaved the good people San Rio Blanco to do all this, so Hannibal's like, I'm going to poison their marijuana plants, right. and that's going to get their attention. He wants to get them tilted so that they can, like, kind of uh, determine the field of battle. Yeah, it's some some Sung Tzu stuff he's read and <laughs> something. <laughs> Poison the uh, enemy's marijuana. <laughs> uh, to throw them, throw them off balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, the, the face takes advantage of the film commissioner. Whoops! And he's like, "Wait a second, you this wasn't in any of the scenes in the movie." He's like, "What? You didn't get the green pages? Oh my god, yeah. there's green pages, man! You gotta." Um, Another thing that annoys so, me about TV shows and movies is when someone who yeah. has no reason to necessarily be an expert liar happens to be really good at lying because they're an actor, right? So the actor is really good at, like, pretending to be someone else. But, like, a normal human right. being, I guess face, that's just his thing, you know? But, like, these, yeah, these yeah, guys he, are he, Vietnam he, combat veterans. <laughs> like, why are they so good face, at schmoozing? Like, he, he got... The, the face got it from being like a street orphan like uh-huh. you know running scams and stuff on the street I yeah, think. Yeah when he lived in Dickensian in England. Right. <laughs> um, so they decide to go back to San Rio Blanco it's more royalty free Jimmy Buffett as we're, we're arriving at the city <laughs> and they're whipping up the local villagers to rise up against the marijuana right. farmers um this uh, Manny Cortez is there like some kind of resistance leader and they got the mayor of the town and they essentially shame all of the adult men into raising their fists and volunteering for, for their, their army. Yeah. One of them's like, uh, our, our, our fathers would spit on us. <laughs> like, damn, right. damn. No, no, it's like, it's like they, they, they stopped just short of getting all the women, uh, rounding up white feathers and slipping right. it into the people who won't raise their hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we get into the scene that's like what I call a team at its essence. It's you know BA bitching about the fact he's gonna have to use the substandard vehicle that faces scrounged up, and he's gonna have to put new rings in it and this that and the other new tires. It's a bunch of kids following BA around in the village because he's already befriended the whole fucking village, right. and he's carrying bundles of steel and shit back to. The, so he's gonna start working on yeah. this monster vehicle. Uh, faces handing out assault rifles to the villagers and kind of you know training them into a uh, uh an effective fighting machine um no there's like again ba is going to strap howitzers and machine guns a lot of times spike cow catchers flamethrowers no one will ever die in this <laughs> yeah. upcoming war it is pretty wild 
No one will ever die. The only thing's going to die in this episode is marijuana Mar- plants. Poor innocent marijuana crops. <laughs> uh, so Murdoch dusts the crops and he dumps a bunch of paper over it that says this is courtesy of the people of San Rio Blanco, which is going to piss off the, the marijuana farmers, right? Right. Your um, Old school. And then he goes... They, they land at a, a nearby airstrip and B.A. straps a machine gun to the front nose, which I um I think it's cool that they established these timing belts. Like, I often wondered when I was growing up, how the hell did they sh- oh, you know, I have did those too, for sure. machine guns shooting through their pl- props? But it's like, they're, people are smart. And they just directly tied the machine gun firing mechanism into the engine so they could synchronize the firing of the bullets and it would literally fire through between the yeah, props. Yeah. As at hundreds of rounds per, per minute. As Levi says, people become Einstein's when it comes to guns. It's true. <laughs> um, it's just true. It's called, it's called a time and change, sucker. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, this plot device goes pretty much nowhere. <laughs> It even goes somewhere, but it, it still doesn't, doesn't go yeah, somewhere, yeah. Go, going somewhere. Um, I, I want to, so there's, uh, we talked about the yellow racism. I, is, I've never heard it. And again, I grew up in rural Indiana. I've never heard the term mudsucker. I hadn't either. But yeah, yeah, the Murdoch calls I, Mr. T, I'm sorry, he calls B.A. Baraka a mudsucker. A mudsucker. Now, it. I, I, I've never heard this being used as a racist term, but I guess whenever I hear someone referring to a black or brown person with mud, like, but you kind of like your hand reaches for your gun. Like this, yeah. this can't be any good. Like the only time I, 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 the only time you'd use mud in association with be like, Hey fellas, come in from playing tackle football oh, like in the, the rain yeah your clothes are muddy <laughs> let me help you get out of right. them and clean those for you but that's weird you wouldn't even say so just don't don't use it i and, and what's funny is i was doing some research and i found there's an a-team forum oh god and this is a matter of somewhat hot debate about whether it's a racist term whether murdoch is racist whether hannibal is i guess at some point in a-team history Han- <laughs> hannibal is going to wear blackface he's gonna to pretend to be a black man oh, maybe we should and watch some, that episode <laughs> some innocent soul on the a-team forum says well you know i don't think hannibal is actually racist i just think he thinks he can pull it off <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna be a kid it's like look i saw his convincing elderly asian <gasps> oh, man god i want to see his convincing uh. Danny Glover or whatever yeah. the fuck he's going to do. What? Oh God! What's up, Jive Turkeys? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> What's crackalacking in the he's hood? The oldest. He's already the oldest, crustiest white guy. Uh-huh. I the, the '80s were a wild time, folks. Yeah, wild, wild time. Dude, he oh, can't God. be racist. He was in the first desegregated platoon, <laughs> so he had right. he had black friends. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so the the marijuana farmer comes to town all pissed off because they they, they poisoned his crops. They shoot up the church bell tower. Yeah, surprise, that's surprise, move. the church bell tower. That they do. They like doing that. They like threatening they sh- to rape the. To, <laughs> yeah. To, 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 they like, this, so this this show will not show blood, 
and they will not show any kind of violence against anything but property, but they will allow their toughs to threaten <laughs> the villagers with gang raping their granddaughters. So They're if you just want to see where the specifically youngest granddaughter the youngest ones yeah. the youngest ones uh, yeah it's uh this is maybe not it's, a it's... great tactical move because presumably he's up in the bell tower because he knows their move is they roll into town and they shoot the bell tower to like make a ruckus to demonstrate to the yeah. locals like we're in town you gotta pay attention uh we're in charge now yeah. but i gotta and hannibal's like just up there chilling in the bell tower right but uh-huh. I'm thinking of some of the ricochet uh, sort of geometry that a bell <laughs> could possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Where is cover up there? Yeah. I feel like that's the last place you want to be if you know their signature move is they shoot the like, bell like, tower. Maybe he gets inside the bell and like props himself no, up in it, but then like imagine the sound. That's nothing but a bullet bouncing back and forth like an aforementioned popcorn. <laughs> yeah, if one gets inside the bell. <laughs> one gets inside the bell. It's it's you're 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 done. You're done. Think inside uh, the bell. Dude. <laughs> I like how Hannibal threatens, calls them all lousy pieces of crud, and then implies that they should all be Mussolini'd. <laughs> over a pit of pig slop uh-huh. and then he has Murdoch strafe them for emphasis multiple strafes and the bullets will end exactly <laughs> right. where the guy's feet begin this guy's an artist a, a lot of shooting at tires and near tires and at people's feet uh, I like the scene of Hannibal ziplining out of the church tower because right. you have this very old man struggling to do anything <laughs> out athletic and then they cut to a wide angle of him deftly ziplining down, one-handed with the machine gun firing. Seems like a bad tactic uh, to me also, to slowly yeah. zipline. Awful exposure. Really? Again, again, maybe maybe this is why your brigade only had three surviving soldiers. Yeah. The, uh, Colonel, the are you sure? horizontal zipline. We should zipline directly. Their trenches are right there. We're going to be ziplining right I feel like they'll have a wide field of fire. You put, I love it when a plan comes together. Get, get on the zip line, soldier. <laughs> uh, so he crashes into a hay barn yep. and then signals for B.A. With to start. With a lit start. cigar. I'm surprised that thing didn't go up. With a lit, <laughs> That's true. This is a huge fire hazard. Uh, my grandfather would not approve of fire in the hay barn. But he's signaled to start, and this engine labors the life, and you see B.A. bust out of this uh-huh. ramshackle barn with a Mad Max-style death wagon. I, it's a school bus yeah. with cold-rolled steel uh, welded to every surface with little murder holes cut. There's approximately 16 Latinos inside <laughs> with rifles. And it's like a ship of the line. It's just <laughs> driving down broadsiding, ineffectually broadsiding, because, no, again, no one fucking dies. Uh, there's a there's a roof mounted mortar going off, blowing up uh, walls and vehicles and such. Uh, Murdoch is still in the air, strafing with face. Face reports that the timing belt starting to fail and starting to take take it out of the prop. And Murdoch doesn't care because he's he's barking mad. He's Mad Dog Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, Again, you got to go. This plot's going flow. somewhere. It's just never going to arrive. This is the last we hear of the timing belt. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, the timing chain must have slipped. We're shooting our own propeller off, which I guess it does explain why they don't have a 
five plane later, but it doesn't. Oh. It doesn't really matter because yeah. Anyway, I do. I do feel like um, this uh, vehicle that BA Baracus. Uh, am I saying that right? Is it Baracus? BA Baracus. Yeah. Uh, it's like the first killdozer. He <laughs> yeah, he kind of yeah. invented the killdozer. And he will reinvent the killdozer over <laughs> and over and over and over again. Sometimes it'll have treads. Uh-huh. Sometimes it'll have more wheels. I'm going to perfect uh, this sucker, and then the local city government's going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, he's going to be, he's a sovereign citizen. God damn it, he will not. All taxes theft, sucker. <laughs> come, come, you want my killdozer? Come take it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there, so, uh, Hannibal tracks these guys down the head marijuana flood. They're, they're picking them off one by one, ramming off the road with their death wagon. Right. And they run him into a ditch and says, ah, you're out of dirt road and you're out of luck too, fatso. And this, this is uh, just another point where this, this episode like stalls out. It's like a car with that. With mm-hmm. a bad clutch or something. It just like putters to a yeah. stop and it's like, oh, we're back where we were 20 minutes ago like what the hell and and it's just like the the plot is so thin that all they can kind of mm-hmm. do is stop it and start it over again yeah because this is the end of the episode right. except, for except for there is not. 400 <laughs> army yeah. uh or uh, uh, uh the guerrilla force fighters in surplus vietnam era jeeps that are coming yeah. swarming down the road and they're in league with the marijuana fi- farmers and this is where it gets political <laughs> uh yeah uh because you know, hannibal's brought before the commander of the guerrillas and he says you know mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. not a threat to us and then hannibal retorts that you're just a tax man right that the, the marijuana guys are, this guy's tax man and essentially you know growing marijuana to fund his paramilitary thing uh, government you know destabilizing dudes um yeah and he threatens that the army is on its way right uh, and this is unclear to me so did did we mention they the good guys get captured at this point after basically having one? Oh yeah, yeah. Once the four hundred guys show up, they're 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 taken and brought before the commander of the yeah. guerrillas. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so Hannibal is like, we we have the uh, the press is all over this. Everyone's talking about it. They know where we are. You should go to ground. Um, the army's on its way, and then it smash cuts cuts to like Face, who's in his movie producer role trying to convince mm. the uh the local politician to like loan the army for the the shoot that they're still doing the movie that they're making yeah it's like when the navy loans billions of dollars equipment to right to make top gun so they can top, film top yeah. gun yeah, yeah 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 how did how was hannibal who was captured and it was established that they ra- they didn't have radio contact and face are on the same page they're just that simp- uh, simpatico no, what they did is they gave him one phone call and he called into the love <laughs> oh, the, line the Mex- and says, the Mexican cartels. I'm Vernon, I'm Vernon from Valdez. <laughs> and they looked it up and like, oh, this is where we the try army. to get the National Army okay. to come do a film shoot. And they accidentally discover that there's a whole fucking rebel camp here. Right. Yeah, that's that's what it was. And then that plan <laughs> falls through. So they they go to the old, um, I 
the 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 prison guard who was delivering them their food fell over and needs help. So the second prison guard unlocks the cell door and walks in, and then we hit him with the tray. But is that what? Because I was like, why did he have to get made up for this? Yes. So he's in disguise because... as a prison guard wearing a big like gardener hat. And he puts on like it, a because like he doesn't look like a prison guard. He looks like a a nineteenth century European explorer. <laughs> he does. This looks nothing like. This looks nothing like the other. No. you know, gorillas. And he's just like, and presumably they would know how many people are in the cell, <laughs> like, and what they look yeah. like. This small rebel camp of comrades. Yeah. Yes. But, yes. Uh, so Hannibal just lies on the ground with the hat obscuring his face. And he has like a, a, a long, gross goatee on. And he's like, are you dummy? Are you dummy? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and prison guard number two is like, Oh, let me unlock the cell door and get right in there. And then, uh, mm. Gets El Kabonged in the face with like a uh, a cookie tray, which takes him out in one hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like one of those lightweight tin foil models. Yeah. Um, it it seemed like the the make the, the I just think Hannibal likes dressing up. Oh yeah, it's part of what'd you call it? The jazz. The jazz. He likes to jazz. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, um. Triple A is sporting a, a nice little like uh, red bandana sort of a thing. Yeah, a yeah nice what the hell? <laughs> they they they're like trying to. Re- she was was she a kind of sort of paramilitary? She's like, you know, I like your cause. I I, I don't know. <laughs> she's been she's been radicalized to uh, the Marxist she, <laughs> ideology. She has, she has. She's 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 pulling off a Vasquez from Aliens. Look. <laughs> she is actually. Now that you mention it. She actually is, yeah. If she had like you know bigger biceps, uh-huh. she'd really pull it off. <laughs> uh, so at this point, pretty much all they have to do is escape. Um, mm-hmm. So that they, they grab one of the trucks, they grab a carton of uh, grenades, and there's going to be a whole lot of grenade action. And it's one of those grenades where if it explodes near you, you do a little jump and you're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. Just just lifts you off the ground for a little uh-huh. bit. I was as I was wondering as I was watching these chases, I kept on thinking like, man, I wonder if you watch multiple seasons, how much did they reuse footage? Oh, interesting. Because it's it's got to be a lot. Like, there's no way they can stage these amount. I know this is the pilots; they probably spend a little bit more money than the average episode on it. But like, there's no fucking way. Every time they need a Jeep to flip yeah. over, they flip over another Jeep, right? But then, you know, you read, like, in Knight Rider where they had, like, 17 different Trans Ams right. and they were always like, like, I think they they didn't Voltron it. They actually, I don't know. I, this would be something interesting if we watched more. I'd like to want to see if I could see any reuse. Yeah, that would be, that'd be fun to look out for. A lot of these Jeeps, the grenades explode on these Jeeps in a way that looks oddly like they hit a ramp with two wheels. <laughs> I was just bummed out we don't get any skiing. This would be like perfect time for skiing. Yeah. Put it on two wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you did, we needed a Sammy Slam and Sammy stunt spectacular. Uh, <laughs> this this parawetting is ballets of jeeps in the air is just not not quite. I doing cannot it. believe you just pulled that. <laughs> that slamming, slamming. I'm no, I'm no, I'm no fake Gen X fan of Knight Rider, man. I'm the genuine fucking deal. 
so the other thing is like again no one can be seen dying so every time you see a jeep flip often yeah. they will cut back uh, and you'll see a guy stagger from the wreckage uh, uh, even the guy that got hit with the grenade yes. like gets up immediately. And I saw that, like, so I was reading a Wikipedia article, and they said this was a this is very much a trope for the show, and that the writers to amuse themselves in later seasons would get more and more ridiculous uh, situations that they would like just just huge conflagrations, explosions, towers collapsing, and then they cut back to this guy like dusting himself <laughs> off or getting out of it just to see right. how far they could push the bullshit. So that's fun. That's hilarious. That's fun. <laughs> I can believe that because, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, death count of zero. So we're setting up for our final kind of a showdown, right? We have all of our protests. And I got to say, I was and, ready for uh, it three action scenes ago. I, 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 oh, I, I could have yeah. been fine with this, you know, him running the marijuana farmers into the ditch. And that was all there. I didn't need all this other national army intrigue, but whatever. This, this did not need to be a, the length of a feature film. No, no. So at this point, we got all our protagonists. Um, Face and uh, and Murdoch have flown in on a chopper. And when I was watching this, I was like, okay, well, let's just get the Almaty on the chopper and all of our guys and go. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're done. We Mission accomplished, they baby. To have a <laughs> they set up an ambush. And um and the uh the cartel rides directly into it and they shoot out all the tires and headlights <laughs> in a in a display of a complete and waste no one of aims. ammunition. Actually, only the crazy guy Murdoch aims down the sights. Everyone else fires from the hip, Rambo style. That's funny. That's what makes. That's why they think he's crazy. <laughs> the trigger dis- the trigger discipline <laughs> you're showing here sights. is insane for the era. <laughs> and then the. Uh, the People's Revolution show up waving machetes and mm-hmm. everyone surrenders. I mean, not everyone. All the bad guys surrender. And our good guys get on a on a helicopter and fly off. Well, so there's one guy left. There's the head of the military, paramilitary, and they're going to do this helicopter stunt, which makes you think it's a cool helicopter stunt, but what actually happens is there's a clever oh, editing where a helicopter gets progressively closer in a wide angle to the Jeep, and it will cut back to Hannibal, like, posing on a skid, probably as yeah. a, of a helicopter just on the tarmac of an airport. <laughs> right. And they're going to cut, and they're just going to show that scene back, and then they're going to just show a, a close shot of him jumping down from probably a two-foot stool, and then right. they're going to have him on the back of this Jeep. And he's going to punch... They're on his Jeep going like 60 miles an hour and he's going to punch this guy until he calmly and carefully pulls over to the side of the road, (laughs) comes to a complete stop and flops out of the vehicle, completely physically vanquished. Yeah. (laughs) Look at this. Look at this. He's like, okay, oh, he's going to jump. He's going to make that jump. He's going to make that Uh, jump. Surely he's going to make a jump right from a, I don't know. I don't think he jumped from a helicopter. (laughs) I don't think they cleared that with the insurance company. Yeah, and, and then they park. They put it in park. They uh, they put the uh, emergency brake, the parking brake, <laughs> and then uh, a wild haymaker, and he rises on the ground a little bit. And there's and now, your marijuana farmer laid low. Okay, okay, now we fly him back again. Scenes that did not need to be in this. So I, mean, I we could have cut that whole thing out. It would have changed nothing. 
There's a couple of funny things at the resolution of this. So the mayor of the town comes out and like all like uh, Hannibal surrenders the head of the gorillas and the marijuana farmer to the village's tender mercy. They're probably going to tickle them with feathers because they wouldn't kill anybody in this uh, in this uh, right. in this in the show. Um, but the mayor of the town comes to stride forward confidently and the dude just eats a mud puddle. Like there's he like in the path, right like, he just steps like yeah. like a normal person will walk around it, but he's hitting his marks, god damn it, and he just plows into that thing. That was hilarious to me. And the other thing <laughs> is, all Hannibal wants for thanks is a cold beer, and uh-huh. someone miraculously supplies it on this random his dusty face, ass mo- n- road. Face, face at it. Oh, did he? Why did uh, he have a cold beer? Only well, because he's an alcoholic, I guess. <laughs> only on the second rewatch did I figure out whose hand that was. Because okay. it comes from it comes from out of frame, just a hand with yeah, a beer. Yeah, just magic hand comes and hands him a frosty beer at this dusty ass road. So so yeah. face took that on the helicopter. He just like hold on, I gotta get I my guess. beer cooler, dudes. He knew well. He knew Hannibal would get upset mm. later on if he didn't have his beard. It's true. Ba <laughs> has to be drugged, and so does Hannibal. Everyone just got their drugs of choice. Yeah, exactly. We're all the same, man. It would be funny if the Mexican revolutionaries like just started beheading the cartel. <laughs> right I was there. yeah, like, all of, <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, like Hannibal Stark style. Just I thought that same thing stuff. that I was impressed. Hannibal seems impressed that the villagers stepped up to help them, but I'm like, what? If they let you guys die, who do you think the death squad's going to come for next? Yeah, like yeah, you totally. just loudly proclaim that you wrecked these violent men's livelihoods like if they kill you three they're next like this isn't bright bravery this is this is self-preservation yeah yeah no this is a kinder gentler drug cartel yeah so ba obviously doesn't want to get go to the airport uh they're gonna have to do the whole novocaine shoulder stab again we're still doing this uh Miss Allen reveals that she is Amy Amanda Allen, triple A, and thus she was working on a book. And she's she's got a she's got a taste for the jazz too. She wants to help in her role as investigative reporter, I guess, to find them worthy lead so he doesn't have to do this racist charade. To I I don't know, I don't I, I don't actually know where she fits in to their team, but I guess she's going to. And well, she says she can hide behind the First Amendment at one point. How is that going to help them? Well, you murdered this <laughs> whole, you know, you went out of the country, fugitives from law, and you murdered a whole village. But I guess that's your God-given, that's, that's self-expression as as defined by the Supreme Court. She cares about their story. She, she thinks they're good guys, and America needs to hear their story because they're good guys. Yeah. Um... Uh, and but she, she wants blackmails to help clear their herself name. onto the team. Yeah, by yeah. being like, uh, I, "I'm working on this story about you," and they're like, "Hey, hey we're <laughs> we're the shadowy underground, and we don't we don't need you blowing our cover." And she's like, "I'll blow your cover if I can't be part of your team." Yeah, I'm gonna write this tell all, and then that's when the gun thugs just uh, shoot her and throw her out the airplane. Oh my god! You know, like that's like, does she like? Yeah, like this just seems insane to blackmail these special forces guys who are on the run from the U.S. government. And that you just single handedly broke the back of both a marijuana cartel and a counter revolutionary government. You know, like it's just yeah. insane. It's insane. 
you uh you paid us to rescue your friend. You didn't say anything about you surviving the whole thing. And you haven't paid us <laughs> shit. Yeah, did does she yes, actually yeah. ever pay them the hundred fifty thousand or now that she's an employee, it's all cool. <laughs> she gets yeah, she gets the discount now. She gets the employee the twenty the the eighty five percent employee discount. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh there's this entirely gratuitous scene at the end where finally Lynch catches up and is like you're under arrest and i love this guy the entire time he's wearing like his battle dress uniforms right he's wearing his medals he's dressed up like he's on parade right yeah like <laughs> he's he's in it fully kitted out in his uniform and he wears a name tag that says lynch now, I'm no military expert or anything, but I don't think that they wear name tags in the military. Don't they? I always thought they do have like a little stripe that says their name. I thought oh, that... you know what? They Okay, it'll be like sewn in. Yeah, yeah you're no right. one wears okay. these like airline un- steward uniforms anymore. <laughs> he looks they... like a he, he looks like a he, he looks like a Southwest pilot. Here. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Down to the plastic wings. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's weird but basically and then they just punch him and then put him in the back of their car which was borrowed slash stolen and Bold then they move fly for off the colonel to try to apprehend them alone even though he's had alone. many many men squads and cars full of men he went down to well, they're, all, they're all still stuck in the lake i guess i guess it's true i guess that's true uh, do you think all of his henchmen are also colonels? Like, every, just everyone's a colonel. It's just a colonel squad, yeah. they all. We call, we call ourselves Orville Redenbacher. They all go out for KFC together. Because <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> K, it's, it's not Kentucky, it's Colonel Fried Chicken. They spell their C with a K. Just, to, you know, that's the L.A. thing to do. The L.A. underground yeah, thing. Like the Cozy Cat Club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so they just kind of wrap things up on the plate, I think. They call it Colonel Cooked Chicken, and it's spelled KKK. <laughs> oh. It's not fried, it's cooked now. Spelled with a K. H for a trust sound. Yeah. What the fuck? There's going to KH. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken. Chicken. Uh-huh. Oh god! And this effect again. Uh, if you're, if this is not gonna maybe translate to the podcast audio only, so you'll have to find me Blue Jay streams on uh, Twitch. But they just they simulate a barrel roll in this Gulf Stream by just like uh, rotating the uh, the frame, right? Right. The in camera. The, I don't. I'm I'm not a I don't know how to explain this, but like everyone's clearly just sitting in a in a stationary plane, and they mm-hmm. just do a 180 on the on the shot, and it is uh really bad. Really they kind bad. of imply that he's flying upside down for a significant portion yeah, of the time, yeah, which they should he, all well, fall to the ceiling unless he's doing like pretty- a high G. <laughs> loop or something i don't know <laughs> right no his hat doesn't even he's wearing a hat yeah. it's stationary everything's stationary no hair is falling down and and this Nothing. civilian woman who is just a mild-mannered reporter is uh, laughing uh, and smiling like there is yeah yeah she's hooked she's hooked at this point she's not worrying like, if the airframe can take this you know <laughs> it is is my turn to make a next generation reference hey. when they do that like 
the the bridge has taken damage and they all do <laughs> yeah. like the shimmy thing. Uh-huh. That looks better than what we just saw. saw oh yeah, the yeah. Show. There's some there's some kinetic coordination. <laughs> you know, if these if the, if, they, if the guys in the back of Hannibal and and AAA there like grip their rest and like oh, right. that, 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 but they they didn't try to sell it at all. Nothing, nothing. I don't think the actors even knew. Right. I think they just decided. You know what? Mad Dog Murdoch would pull a barrel roll here. Let's put it in post. Let's put it in post. Can we edit a barrel roll in here? Just spin the camera. Spin the print. Uh, So that's that's A Team. That's the shameful first chapter of A Team. Um. Real quick, I am springing this on you. Um, Okay. Theme song, Power Rankings. Wow. We only have two to pull from right here. Knight Rider. Is, so we're going to have a number one and a number two here. Knight Rider and A-Team. Knight Rider's number one for sure. Okay, I, I agree with that. But I do like if if all of A-Team was the breakdown where... It might give it more of a run for its money. But the kind of, you know, Hogan's Hero, military march, it's it's all right. It's all right. I thought it was quite good. I think it might even end... Season two of Mr. Feeney in the second place position. It's just the Knight Rider theme is so good. Boy, it's going to head straight forward into the wood chipper that is Airwolf, though. Oh, my oh, God. Really? Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, is I'm, that our next one, Airwolf? I'm excited. And and also, Dukes of Hazard has a real fucking good Oh, theme what? Song. What could it possibly be? Is it like, come on. I, I'm telling you, I tell you, my, it might, it might surprise you. I'm not looking forward to Duke's. So I'm not looking forward to it. So it, it might be my like uh, low key favorite one because my expectations are so low. Well, it's the reason that you can find a picture of young Aaron at five years old wearing a Confederate flag on a shirt. Oh uh, my God, is that out there? It's not that... out there. I, I oh. but I know it exists. I've not seen it in many, <laughs> many years. But there's a picture of me with a birth because this is be before my mom converted to the witnesses. I was in a birthday cave, my my friends, uh, my cousin's birthday party, and yeah, I was wearing the wearing the the, the General Lee. That's the thing. It's like it's a wild place because I grew. I was well into my late twenties before I associated the confederate flag with overt racism and it's uh, all the fucking dukes of hazards fault it because took me too long too <laughs> like Bo and duke were in the general lee and that's just a cool military hero right and that flag just means like southern and moonshine and right. freedom and right. yeah and sliding across yeah. the, da- the 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 dash or, or on, on the, the the hood with on your your din. There's no the, the Duke boys weren't racist, right? Maybe Boss Hog, but not the Duke. Yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. It's real fucked up. It'd yeah. be interesting to see if there is like, because like honestly, with some of the shit that we saw in this episode, I wonder how much like textual shit there is. Like, are there black folk in Hazard County? Well, that's one. Is there like a? Do they were they given like a black best friend to like a blunt the balance the it out? I don't edge know a little bit. They because like the thing is, we'll is find out. yeah, there's there's all kinds of crazy shit about that show. I'm sure, but uh, we'll we'll find out again. Our loose plan is for the first five episodes. We just did a team. Next week we'll do MacGyver. 
We're going to do Airwolf, Greatest American Hero, Dukes of Hazard, and then we will decide amongst ourselves, maybe with some audience participation, Feeny at yeah, BaldMove.com. Yeah. yeah, we need feedback. Which one What's do we want to do episode? a several episode deep dive in? And we will do research to find the yeah. consensus best episodes. Because that's the great thing about these is they conceptually are just an episode of the week engine. Like, this is right. a perfect example. You have Soldiers of yep. Fortune... Yep. with all sharply defined characters and places in the team and you will plug this thing into a different situation every week <laughs> they might fight it's just like night rider you might be fighting for water oh, rights man. for cattle you might be investigating uh politicians for corruptions in the next episode you might be busting up a marijuana farm you might be sh- investigating a corrupt uh, military organization the next um, you can watch any random episodes and they'll all broadly speaking make sense. So we'll, we'll, that'll What's be the that? second half. And then we'll, we'll wrap things up with what I promise you will be a classic all time Knight Rider episode. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for white. Was it Wayne Knight? Uh, no, Wayne? Wayne Knight is the guy from Jurassic Park. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is so. <laughs> Are you excited for like what is, the? Uh, what is evil, Michael Knight? Oh, Gar- Garth Knight. <laughs> Garth Knight. Uh huh. Wayne Knight is an actor, right? Wayne Knight is an actor. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't happen to play Garth. He's not affiliated to the Knight not. Foundation. No, no, <laughs> not 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 the Knight Foundation for Law and Government. Um. Uh, What's the what's that chat engine that ever, like chat GPI or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it'd be fun to like plug like uh chat GPI uh write a uh uh Oh my a god Night Rider episode. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that, that might be fun to like do that and take a chunk this could be a game, like like uh well Take a chunk out of two actual uh, Knight Rider pi- uh, scripts and mm-hmm. then make one like uh, AI script and see if you can spot the, the real one. It would it would be interesting to see like if you put the premise of all four like five or six of these episodes shows in like which script seems more convincing that comes out of uh-huh. it and which script is <laughs> right. the most Gonzo crazy, <laughs> right? I wonder, it's like if it's like to some cultural weight, like the the more popular shows, because I think if I was gonna rank these shows in popularity, like Greatest American Hero would probably be towards the bottom. Yeah, and I wonder, like, probably. does Chat G- does Chat GPT or whatever does it even know what Greatest American Hero is? Does it know <laughs> who MacGyver is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should screw around with that sometime. We'll have to screw around with that sometime. Uh, like I said, if you want to send us feedback uh, on the show here, it's Feeny, F-E-E-N-Y at baldmove.com. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Also, if you want to watch my man Jay here, uh, he's streaming on twitch.tv slash blue underscore J underscore streams. That link is also in the show notes. And uh, we'll be back next week to look at MacGyver, a very seminal episode, a very seminal series for for yours truly. I have a fantastic story to tell about third grade shenanigans involving MacGyver. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson, baby. Drink it in. Drink it in. We'll be back next week. Do you have anything else? Is there any other thing? Uh, did I get all the, the, the links and stuff right? Yeah, you got them all right. I'm also uh, Blue Jay Streams on YouTube. There you go. Uh, and we'll be streaming most of these podcasts, if not all, live yeah, on Jay's yeah, site. Yeah, you can find it on. Sorry, you can find it on my stream. 
All right. And I also pre-watch the episodes on stream if you want to see the whole thing just nice. watching it instead of the commentary. So I have to join uh, you for yeah. like a first watch on those. I, this week was kind of yeah. crazy, which is why I'm recording on Monday instead of or Wednesday instead of Monday anyway. But yeah, I'd love to the to join one of some of those. That's that's because uh, it's always it's Heck, good yeah. time watching these things. Are we uh, doing Airwolf next week? Uh, it's MacGyver. MacGyver, sorry, you just might, mentioned that. I might try to get Jim to do something with us on that because I know that's a big, big touchstone for him too. Yeah, a lot of these are fun. too young. Yeah, he's too. You know, he's an uh, he's an elder millennial, uh, so he missed. He's the, not a millennial. I'm sorry, he, he's Gen X. He is. He's the world's. He's literally the world's <laughs> well, oldest millennial. I, like he was born. I know you say in, that <laughs> in Jan or January of the year that millennials started. So I I don't buy it. He is. He's <laughs> he. He is a Gen X. He definitely I'm caucuses sorry. with the Gen X, but he nevertheless, yeah. he has no living memory of most of these shows, but for whatever reason, MacGyver uh, is one that stuck with him. So, Okay, well, there's always a uh, there's always a listenership bump when he's on, and then a, a, a series of emails about how the show would be better if Jim was on it no, instead of me, so I'll look forward to that. <laughs> never. There can be only one J on the street at, at, the, at the podcast at a time, apparently. I gotta go Jim or Jay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Feeny at baldmove.com. We'll see you next week for MacGyver. Until then, I'm Aaron. Oh, I'm, I'm Jay McCain. I, what's that? I'm I'm rubbing some Novocaine on Aaron's uh, shoulder. End of shot! Anxiety attack! Anxiety attack!